pretty much normal. We're all good. Roll forward a little bit here. Yep. All right. Welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that to understand you have to know, well, there was this one time we was playing and, oh God, what was that place? Which was that place? Was it the one with the waffles? It might have been, maybe waffles. Anyway, Rick shows up and he's like, get Swifty. And we're like, Rick, we don't play the hits. Jam though that may be. He keeps forgetting that every time he shows up, he's like, you know, play, play one of my songs. And we're like, Rick, those are hits. We, the blues are not about hits music. We don't dance or Nordic track. And Marty, 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 I, the, the kid. Like the one in yellow. Yeah, he keeps trying to explain this to Rick. But Rick just hands us space booze and tells us to get swifty. And, well, we got space booze out of it, and that is why we don't remember where this story started. <laughs> uh, though though we did get space booze out of it. Yeah. And there is there is something to be said for free liquor from some sort of crazed, mad scientist god figure. Yeah. Plus, he's a good musician. He, he does play a mean bass. <laughs> I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And, oh, man, this is, this is us. This if is... you haven't figured out what this one's going to be about, I can't help you. You know... Wouldn't it be just so great to just totally derail us? We're talking about Doom. Yeah. Well, we could. No, I feel like we actually have to ask people to be on the Doom episode. Probably. I feel like there's enough people with an opinion on it, right? Yeah. So, um, but before we get into the main of it, uh, pick of the week. What you got, Jim? Do I want to go with a bone to pick? No. No. No, I don't. Well, you've got too many bones to pick today. Well, some of them is just with the Mortal Kombat announcer. Well, okay, there is that, and then there's that fucker with the Perseus license plate and the Apple Watch. But no, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be positive. I'm gonna stick to my less negative. My pick of the week is Gunner Versus. I'm gonna give the audience a second to, you know, draw in the shock. Yeah, one but, of us really liked Gundam Versus this week. Yeah. Now it is not without its grievances. It is not without its flaws. It is not without its lack of G Gundam. What the fuck? How do I have a versus game that is supposed to be, like, generally all of Gundam? Because, I mean, if this was just Gundam v Zeta, sure. Well, I mean, you, you could... If, if you're upset that, you know, G Gundam isn't in Federation versus Zeon, or Seed versus... Or, God, Zaft versus Federation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, it was a Seed game, I'm not gonna... It, it was the Seed game, it was less good than Federation versus Zeon. Yeah, like... G Gundam's absence in those, sure. This, now, to their credit, age is a buy-in. If you want age, you actually have to pay for DLC. <laughs> but no G Gundam. What the fuck? Now that said, that said, I was playing a bit a couple days ago. I had a dream. And in that dream, I was using Tall Geese 3. So I got up and I'm like, I'm going to try. And then it's like, wait, Tall Geese 3 isn't in this because they didn't throw in Endless Waltz at all. So I took the Epion out for a run. Epion's actually really fun in this. I bet. Like, it's the melee setup, suits, and it drives home. Wing had great music. Yeah. Like, just absolutely stellar music. Totally, totally unbecoming of a series that not as, anywhere near as good. Yeah. But, no, seriously, Gundam Versus, it's, it's not for everybody. I mean, if you're listening to this show, presumably you're a Gundam fan, so you can appreciate it. And if you're not a Gundam fan, it's really your call to make. Like, it's, it's a... It's kind of the only arcade brawler of that style that you can get over here. So if you're interested, give it a shot. But I enjoyed it. Well, it so Gundam Versus has always weirdly reminded me of Power Stone. Yeah. And I mean, it's not Power Stone. No. But it's like... You can see the correlation, though. That that That's like the only thing I can compare it to. And I'm like, I don't even really remember Power Stone. I played it once. Because nobody owned a Dreamcast. Nobody. Yep. But we still exist in the timeline where everybody goes, everybody should have owned a Dreamcast. Well, we exist in a timeline where people shelled out half of three quarters of a million dollars for Shenmue 3. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <sighs> That's going to be a complete other episode. Oh, God. I, I can't. No, well, it, that'll be an episode where we're just ripping on bad Kickstarters is more yeah. what I mean. Okay, that's a different story. Yeah. So, pick of the week. All right, so uh, my pick this week is also going video games. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying Near Automato Tomatoes. Auto Tomato. <laughs> Auto Tomatoes. Uh, it's, it's, well, what if, what, what if Bayonetta, now it, it's theoretically a sequel to Drakengard and the previous Near. But the real pitch is, what if Bayonetta was a semi-open-world action RPG? I'm okay with that. Yeah, like there, there's, there's a lot of Bayonetta in this. Like you have to, you have to wait till almost the end of the game to unlock the power up that gives you witch time. But you can get witch time. I'm amused by how much of a bullet hell it appears to be whenever oh. I look over. Oh yeah, there's bullet hell elements. It turns into a top-down shooter, like twin-stick shooter sometimes. It it messes with style and genre pretty frequently without ever really breaking. Like there's there's no hard break except when you go to uh, twin stick mode. But it's 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 cool. I'm in, I'm just starting uh, playthrough B. So I mean I'm I'm spoiled up to playthrough C ish and a bit into D. So I I mean I know it's coming, but. Um, no, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying just the weirdness of two races of robot, two different races of robots realizing that, oh man, we're both pretty human, actually. Weird. Mm-hmm. And there we go. But speaking of slowly realizing that something else is human, <laughs> we are talking about the best science fiction show on television, Sorry the Expanse. Quite possibly one of the best shows ever on television. <laughs> And I'm willing to make that argument. Like, I'm not employing that on hyperbole. Rick and Morty might be one of the best uses of the medium. Which is weird. Yeah! Because cause surface level, it shouldn't be. Like, this is this is literally by the numbers, an adult swim, you know, vague riff nostalgia, you know, vague riff on Gen X nostalgia that... By season three, develops a huge amount of mythology and character development. God damn it, Donald Swim, you do this all the time. Yeah. I need to watch the last bit of the Venture Brothers. <laughs> but fuck. Yeah. But no, th- this is this is just so goddamn good. Well, it's grown heavily out from where it was. Oh yeah, like season one was still mostly just pop culture in jokes. Like again, the whole Lawnmower Man episode. Yeah. But it's a dog. Yeah. And it was good, it was entertaining, it was enjoyable. Okay, so I started watching this last April. Yeah. The first episode of season three comes up, Adult Swim goes, fuck it, we're going to put it up for everybody to watch. And I'd been hearing about it. Season one and two, just about every friend that I have on a general level was like, oh my god, you need to watch Rick and Morty. Which is a guaranteed way to get me to not do something. Well, again, when it hit, it was a big hit with the stoner douchebags that I was going to radio college for with. So I'm like, oh, it's an adult swim show and the slackers like it. Go fig. Yeah. And then, you know, I actually had to sit down and watch it. And it's like, oh, oh, dear. Oh, wow. This is actually really smart. And this is shockingly. Wow. Really interesting. And like now that we're at the end of season three, reasonably we'll go through the entire thing. The fact that season three had such massive character development for pretty much everybody yeah. is impressive because I don't expect that. I don't expect that from any Adult Swim program, period. Yeah. I sure as hell don't expect that from television anymore. Yeah. Now, this this feels like who, some, someone is just letting Dan Harmon run wild. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is what happens when you leave him alone. You'd you almost think we had definitive proof that that works really well with those early seasons of Community. Yeah. Remember the episode with the lost pen? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Oh. But, okay. So so this show comes from Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. And Dan Harmon has fully crystallized his TV screenwriting method now, where it's clear it's a formula. And yep. it is just... But the formula is... It is a cycle where people try things and then fail to get better. And then he engineered a show where anyone trying anything will end with them not getting better. 
Except, again, in season three, we're still seeing progression with a couple of the cast. Well, that's it. it it's it's tiny little increments, and it's it seems more like we don't see someone for a while, and they're doing better. Well, hell, the, the takeaway bit at the end of the season, right? Mr. Poopy Butthole got married, had a kid, got his GED the moment he wasn't on screen. And the last time we saw him, he'd been shot. Yeah, he was in... Pretty serious physical physical therapy. Yeah. I, well, admittedly, we do see him when he gets home and he's taken the drugs yeah, to try was, and stabilize. He was not in a good place. Mr. Poopy Butthole was not in a good place. God damn it. And, okay. Okay, rolling it back. Yeah. This is, by all, in, by all rights, just an excuse for a drunk and his non-functioning anxiety case grandson to have gross out sci-fi adventures every week somewhere new yeah like again the first episode is you gotta hide this space fruit up your butt so we don't get caught at customs yeah and that's that normally that sets the tone like your first episode indicates to you where everything is going to go and this sort of does one of the things you can really say for rick and morty is they keep building on everything they've set before them i you go back to that first episode and yeah no Rick has very little regard for Morty. Yeah. That's really obvious. But when they're shooting the bugs, yeah. Rick has no regard for them. Yeah. Morty's concerned. Morty's sitting there going, well, you know, they're, they're, they're people. And Rick's like, no, 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 Morty. They're, they're just robots. They're just robots. And then Morty shoots one. I'm like, oh, my God. Somebody alert his wife and kid. He's been shot. You said they were robots. It's the, the government officials, Morty. They might as well be robots. I don't care. Just keep shooting. <laughs> Uh, and that, in that small bit, you gain a big grasp on Rick. Yeah. Like, we don't get much on Morty there. Morty's just, he's a kid well in over his head. But Rick, no regard for the government. No regard for anybody else. Yeah. He's there for his own motives. And if people die around him, who gives a fuck? Right. And we go from there. Because the, the show is about how Rick is abusive of everyone and everything around him especially himself yeah but he can't let go of anyone or anything least of all a grudge well that's his malice constantly carries him forward he's unwilling to admit his mistakes which we see what is it is it fourth episode out that they jump out of dimensions because he cronenberged the entire fucking place and still won't admit that he actually fucked up it's like yeah, no, this isn't a problem. I've got this. I've got... What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Like, Hornet DNA. Well, Mantis DNA. What? And it's... None of this would have happened without you, Morty. And it's like, none of it should have happened, Rick. And there we are. And I think... Here's where I think the show crystallized for me, where it went from being the sci-fi gross-out show, stay for a hint of existential dread, and became, oh, God, this might be the best sci-fi show on TV. And that was... That was Intergalactic Cable. And Intergalactic Cable is literally just 40-second long jokes until you get to, see that? I had to bury myself in my own backyard. Nothing matters. Nobody's here for a reason. Let's go watch TV. Yep. See, the one that nailed for me, like, I love that. I love that. Because that tells you all of the existential tirade that is this show. And clearly one of the just strict guiding principles. And Morty not only takes that to heart, unlike bullshit teenage nihilism, he actually doesn't let it drag him down. Well, he can't. He's going to get dragged somewhere else, Yeah, exactly. But the one that nailed it for me was Unity. Yeah. Because you get to the end of that, and we've been told the entire way along, and it's, it's not even like tell versus show. We've been shown, we've been told repeatedly that Rick doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. About anything, about anybody. You once in a while get that little glimmer that he cares about Summer and Morty, and then he just stomps that back down. Yeah, you get the season finale of season one, where, you know, he ends it with, I love my grandkids, and then that's never referenced again. But you get to the end of Unity, and you realize, no, Rick actually cared. Like, Rick seriously gave a shit about Unity and can't handle this. And tries to off himself. Yeah. Like, Rick isn't... 
He's a geriatric mad scientist who, by all rights, should be able to accidentally stumble his way into death, but he's functionally indestructible. Well, he he, he was gunning for immortality with those clones. Yeah. Uh, the cloning didn't work. No. But here he is, absolute pit of despair, and he tries, and he fails. And we don't often see Rick fail, per se. Like, the Cronenbergs are one. That's another. But usually when Rick sets up an objective... He can at least kind of double fake out something from it, right? Like he, he he can force his way through. It's like, man, I had to eliminate my improv classes to fit my brain inside yours, but I'll be fine. Yep. Now what do I do? Shit, if there was only some sort of skill I had for <laughs> I gotta improvise with what I had here. Damn it. <laughs> okay. So so Rick Rick seems to think that Rick has a god complex. Well, it's not unfounded. But but he seems to think that being smart lets him get away with everything. Because he thinks he can outsmart everybody else, which yeah. he's not wrong about. He I... did out with the president. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. But I mean, he says it to Beth, right? Like, one of the downsides to being a smart person is you eventually realize functionally everything is meaningless. They're, like, to build... Nihilism is inescapable. Yeah. Like, Morty's assessment of nothing matters isn't wrong. Rick takes it to an extreme that Morty doesn't, but also sees it as freeing. Like, no, there there are a million, well, there are infinite universes out there, so there are infinite Beths, there are infinite everybody, but he still cares about the people around him, though he's not willing to admit it. He puts meaning in them, but he's not willing to say that. That's why when he gives Beth the option, like, I can clone you. The clone will have all your memories, it'll take care of your kids, it'll do literally everything you would do. And then you can go off, I'll give you a ship, and you can do anything. You are smart enough that you can do anything. Because, again, nothing matters. Nothing has any meaning. So the only limits applied to you are the ones applied by you. Rick's weakness when he's talking to the not Avengers, right? Yeah. You know, I can do anything unless I don't want to. It's <laughs> all for you, noob noob. No. <laughs> But, well, that's that's the existentialism. Like, that's, what is the purpose? What is the per? Why do we do this? Why do we do anything, right? I, and that's, that's a determination you have to make personally. That's a question you, you don't have to ask. I mean, you can stumble through life, never asking, never asking about meaning or purpose or function. Just enjoy your human music, Jerry. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes when presented with that reality, you shirk back, live in fear of it, and go back to your shitty husband, Beth. But I'm getting ahead of myself again. But, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Season three is fresh in the memory, right? Season, season three is fresh and goddamn good. Oh my god. Well, just having just having Beth's Imagination Land and Pickle Rick in the same season, yeah. coming back to the same problem different ways, it's like, wow, you're, you're doing some real shit here. Yep. How do I avoid responsibility? And why does it keep coming back <laughs> to find me? <laughs> well, at least, at least Jaguar cares. Yeah. Do I have infinite daughters? <laughs> no. I... Okay. So, season one. Yeah. Like, we go back to season one. Season one, it's, it's good. Like, they're all good. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's... Some episodes are worse than others... But there is no inherently bad episode of Rick and Morty to me. There's there's just ones that I am less inclined to watch. Like, okay, so do we want to kind of well, top to bottom it? I don't know if we'd want to top to bottom it. I'm just looking for highlights. Cause yeah. I'm thinking like... Well, ana well, hell, actually, Anatomy Park fits nicely into our statement about how it's just full of, you know, Adult Swim standard geek references. It's, you know, that's... It's a parody of Fantastic Voyage. We've got Jurassic Park references to beat the band. You know, it's... And it's just, you know, it's just Rick abused a homeless guy to create, to make money? Kind of? Mostly it seemed to be because he could? Well, also, I I almost think he came up with Pirates of the Pancreas first. Probably. And then worked backwards. Yeah, he's like, I need to find a way. John Oliver is in it. Like, it's it's a good episode. It's it's amusing. You know, if you want to learn a bit about diseases, you know, hep A versus hep B. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, the next one is uh, M. Night Shyamalan's, where 
we we get Rick trying to escape his own mind and Jerry being perfectly happy with God, the most boring video game version of his day. Yep. My man. <laughs> Hungry forever. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not saying it's the worst ad campaign out there. I like it. Maybe it's maybe it's better than that. Maybe it's the best Apple ad campaign. Maybe it should be nominated for I don't know an Appley if that was a thing. Like for fuck's sakes! And I'm actually one bit that really creeped me out in that episode: him banging virtual Beth. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like how defective of a human being are you, Jerry? And I understand Jerry's supposed to be the kind of everyman in this scenario. Like Beth takes way too much after Rick. Yeah. And has very severe daddy and hero issues as a result. Morty seemingly has a learning disability and is constantly being dragged away on Rick's nightmare adventures. Summer is actually the most well-balanced character. Well, the fact that she has still managed to be a typical high school girl despite everything. Yeah. I'm like, I can I can respect that. Like, she's she's fairly stable and reasonable. And then you come to Jerry, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, how? I understand how this scenario came to be. That's that's driven home repeatedly. He, you know, he knocked Beth up, and then was like, no, I will stay. And Rick hates him because it's you ruined my daughter's life twice by doing that, and not even twice as in two kids. It's you you knocked her up, and then you stayed. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> No, I mean, there's plenty of good stuff in the early episodes. Like, again, we get Rick's God Complex coming out in the, you know, something Rick had this way come, where it's like, I'm just going to fuck with the devil. Curse Proof Plus. <laughs> that is Rick as sort of trickster God, right? Yeah. Like, they put together really quickly, well, you're just the, the devil. devil. And so Rick's like, no, I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. Like, like, cursed items are dumb, so fuck you. You know, these shoes would would make you an Olympic-class runner, but you would run until you, you died. died. So I'm just going to take out that last part, because that's stupid. <sighs> oh, man. And, yeah. Uh, Doofus Rick. <sighs> Shit-eating Rick. Shit-eating Rick. Nope. The introduction of the council. Oh, right. Actually, yeah. I forgot that season one was the introduction of Evil Morty as well. Yeah. There is an Evil Morty. He is messing with the Society of Rick's. Why Why is there a Council of Ricks? We see that they're... Th- this is the thing that constantly bugs me about when they when they return to the Council of Ricks. Like, there are three Ricks that c- can agree on something, and I'm like, what the hell? Well, you've got to assume they are kind of some of the least self-destructive Ricks. Because you really feel like a Rick shouldn't be able to get along with another Rick, given how much, you know... We'll call him C-137, even though I'm not yeah. actually convinced he is Rick C-137. C-137 hates himself openly and violently. I am full of pain. So so the idea that one just works in a cookie factory. Well, that's... So weird. I love how that comes up in three. Just, this is, you know, this is their society. Mortys are the bottom rung of their society. They are every unfortunate inner city truth and stereotype. And Rick's fill every other job. So despite the fact that you are the smartest man in all the universe, unless, you know, you're tall Morty, yeah. <laughs> you are the smartest man in the universe, and you work in a shitty cookie factory, missing out on a promotion for cool Rick. Well, I mean, he was cool. Yeah, but he was also an asshole. And then, you know, security Ricks show up, they give you a portal gun to the blender dimension. <laughs> Which is also... The wishing hole that the Mortys believe in. Yep. That's rough, man. Like, man, cool, cool Morty wished that things would be different. Did it come true? <laughs> it's like, no. No. No, of course it didn't. Like, now, season one was very much just throwing ideas against the wall from the looks of it. Well, I mean, was that the Inception episode? Was that in there? The... What, the one with the parasites? No, no, the the one where oh, they go inside. Yeah, no, inside, the one with Scary inside. Terry. Yeah, Scary Terry. That's season one. 
Yeah, that gets referenced in the comics. Well, of course it does. The comics are just going to take any one-off joke and run it even further, because based on the plot summaries you see for them, it's like, oh, we took a one-off gag and ran it some more. Well, I was saying to Sam earlier today about the comics, because I, I glanced over a couple of them on Co. They're not invariably bad, but it's really clear that it isn't, like, Dan, Justin, and the rest of the writing team yeah. working on these. These are people who watch the show, enjoy the show, and are trying to put their own spin on what they see from the show. And it's like, guys, you're dealing with Rick and Morty. Take any idea you've got that they'll let you print and just throw that against the wall. Like, don't I don't need further references. Scary Terry is a reference. Yeah. They, so, they, they ran every possible joke for Scary Terry. It's done. Yeah. In that episode. Like, the only way to make Scary Terry better per se, would be to bring him back and get Bob to voice him. Yeah. Like, you get Robert Englund doing Scary Terry, that's that's the totality of the reference. Yeah. Like, again, I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, Keith David. Yeah. So, season two, we get just a lot more stuff. And, well, this seems to be when they've really hit their stride. Now, I don't know if it's because the writer's room got bigger. I don't know if it's because Adult Swim said, we will give you all of the money. Like, they just had more in place, and they ran with it. So, like, get Schwifty. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, there, there's just... Every episode on it is fucking genius. Um, well, it's still thick with references, but it's dialing up... Like, it dials up its science fiction points, and it dials up its philosophical beats. Yeah, it it's... And again, it's just more about the characters, right? Yeah. I... Blips and shits. Blips and shits. Actually, yeah, Morty Night Run is a fair example of just consequence of action, right? Yeah. Morty spends that entire episode trying to save Fart. Yeah. And only because he decides that Krumpopolis Michael is bad. Yeah. And it's, okay, no, no, I don't, I don't want to be involved in this. I want to save Fart. And then you get to the end of it, and it's, by the way, Fart's a murder machine. Yeah, just kills everything. Yeah, like he's going to come back into your dimension and destroy everything. And you've already kind of seen that. Just through the course of the escape that they pull. Yeah. When there's that massive devastation when it goes and fucks with, uh, fuck, Gearhead. Yeah, Gearface. I think he does call him Gearhead, though that wasn't the Gearhead. Like, it was a cop Gearhead, right? Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to be racist towards them because I don't know what they're fucking called. (laughs) And if it's good enough for Rick, it's good enough for me. But That's a bad thing to say, Jim. Let's... Let's be honest, there's been way too many times where you guys have been like, you remind me of Rick, and it's like, everybody admits that's bad. Yeah. That is not healthy. I am not pleased by this. And at the same time, sometimes I have to accept my limit. So some, some days you're just like, yeah, yeah, no. But, no, I Morty goes all the way through that episode trying to do right. right. Trying to do good. And it bumps right into the fact that, no, sometimes what you think is right isn't. Like, you're doing what you believe to be right because of the moral compass that has been ingrained in you both by your own life experiences and usually by your parents and other people around you who are authority figures. And sometimes you will be presented with a scenario that collides directly with that. How do you resolve it? Morty, to his credit, and I mean, that's an episode where we do start to see Morty really continue to grow as a character, is Morty takes action. Is it positive? Is he happy? No. But it was, and it also wasn't one of his 10 free adventures... Or his 10th adventures on you. Yep. And then, you know, you get to the end of it, and the two Ricks are talking. So what did you guys do? Did did your Morty wind up massacring a whole bunch of people in the name of trying to protect some fart? No, we just went to blips and shits. <laughs> blips and shits! Woo! <laughs> and I no play. one notices if they picked the right Jerry. I feel like they didn't, and well, I feel like it doesn't matter. Well, that's it. It's like... All Jerry's are the same. Well, I really want to play Roy. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, pro strat is you don't go back to the carpet store after chemo. Yeah, right? Like, you've just, you've determined that, you know, life is short. And sh- if you want to have, have meaning and have purpose behind it, you should do something with that. Not just go back to work at your shitty dead-end job. Take that as life advice, folks. Maybe I should take it myself. Well, and then there's Get Swifty, where a religion emerges based on, you know, a reality TV, 
music show. Wait, so people in a state of desperation completely misunderstand what's going on around them and use it to abuse a power structure they build up themselves? What an astonishing concept. <laughs> Fuck. Also, we get President Keith David. And Ice-T. And <laughs> Ice-T. Exiled by the number cons. Oh. And Morty's standing up to Rick Moore. Like it's, I want to protect my family. Yeah, but, but I don't. We can't. There's not enough portal juice. Also, what the fuck is in the portal gun? Like, well, it seems to be a liquid of some kind. Well, it's not Diet Shasta, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was concentrated dark matter. I don't know. Maybe it's Sanchezium. <laughs> Show me what you got. <sighs> and then we've got the miniverse. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Where Rick encounters his doppelganger again and hates himself. Yep. All the way down. All the way down. Like, it's, wow, you're exactly like me. You know, it's slavery with extra steps, and I'm not even going to register that I am an enormous hypocrite. Yeah, why would he? Well, Rick can't do anything wrong, right? Yeah, no. The only thing that's wrong is that... His battery doesn't work. Is that his battery doesn't work. And even then, like, you get to the end of that, and Rick continues to be a son of a bitch, and goes, look, there's multiple ways we can do this, you know... If you guys don't start providing me with power, then I'll tell you what I do with a car battery. Yeah. I throw it out. Crush it. Yep. Those actually make an appearance again in season three. They're the thing that's powering, like, that Goop Ricks. Oh, Goop Ricks. Doomsday weapon that's going to turn everybody into those. Oh, dear. But yeah, no, I was watching, uh, I was watching some YouTube channel that pointed that out, and I'm like, you know, I missed that. I didn't catch that. That's kind of terrifying. And again, they follow, you know, that with Tanner Rick. Tanner Rick. Which also features crazy couples therapy that shows just how codependent they are. Oh. Worm Jerry. Worm Jerry. Well, there's that stupid congratulatory Jerry. Yeah. Like, that just drove home to me. It's like, why are you two a couple? Yeah. Like, I understand why Jerry is married to Beth, and that will never change. Yeah. Because he's he idolizes her in a way that is is not healthy. It is just kind of terrifying. And at the same time, I was told years ago, like early 20s, by a girl that I was interested in that I shouldn't do that. Yeah. So it's like, that's handy advice. And clearly, Jerry never got that conversation. No. But Beth holds him with such disdain. Yeah. Like, it's like, is the only reason you're with him to have the pretense of a family life? Like, is that the goal here? And if that's the case, that's awful. Yeah. And to a point that is also brought up in Interdimensional. We, we get the Purge episode. It's, see. It, it, it gets Morty being assertive. Yeah, but. It and was... it also reintroduces the fact that Rick just straight up lies to Morty to keep him sane. Yeah. I also just didn't much care like, it was an all right episode, but... Well, it says more about The Purge than The Purge ever did. Well, that's it. It's like, fun- funnily enough, if you're smart about The Purge, you come up with things. Yeah. Like, this is horrible. This is awful. This is manipulation by the rich. And it's like, yeah, you guys established that. But Rick and Morty does it a whole lot faster and a whole lot smarter. Yeah. I just made jokes about guys breaking into mattress factories. <laughs> I keep arguing for the fact that at the end of the day, Purge only apparently is violence. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, seriously, there are other crimes. There are a lot of terrible things that people would do if you suddenly just said, no, all crime is legal for 24 hours. And at the same time, there's also, people would just do stupid shit. Yeah. Like, some people would just not show up to work. That would be it. I I feel like, yeah, no, no business normally is going to operate during the purge. But there would be people who would call up their employer and say, I'm just not coming to work tomorrow because that's my action. Yeah, I, I'm I'm breaching contracts today. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. fuck. And then there's the wedding episode. Oh, bird person. Oh, bird person. Bird person's great. Stand-up guy. See, it was interesting, because I didn't realize how quickly season three was going to end. Yeah. I assumed we were getting 12 episodes, not 10. And I did see, like, somebody just brought up the point that that doesn't kind of get brought back to. Yeah. Right? Well, that's it. Like... Like, we'll, we'll we get, get Phoenix person. Well, that's it. Like, there's, like, I thought season three would be a callback to a dip, any of the plot elements from season two or even stuff earlier in season three. That's what the ending would be. And season three's ending was 
beating up the president? Yeah, we're going to fight with the president. And we're going to flat out say things are very much going to go back to season one. Like, we're going to say that. But I don't think so. I think that's going to collapse inside the first episode. Probably. Because the show's pretty good for that. So season three is fucking outstanding. Yeah. Fucking outstanding. Like, okay. So, as I stated, April 1st, first time I've ever watched this. This hooked me in. Because if you've never watched Rick and Morty before... Season 3, Episode 1, which, hell, shit, if the U.S. viewer numbers on that are correct, now you're seeing why. Well, like, that's probably because they streamed it and first. Yeah, but still. No, I don't even mean like the fact that it pulled in 0.68 million. I mean, you go back to the previous seasons and you're usually around, just, you're spinning around 2 million. And then we're up to 2.86 yeah. by the second episode. I... You watch that first episode of season three, totally unfamiliar with the cast. But it introduces everything you need to know about it. And lies. And lies. Just openly, honestly, and directly lies to you about all of it. So you're like, wait, this is Rick's origin. And again, if you go back and watch the other season, you're like, no. No. There's there's plenty of bits that indicate otherwise. Yeah. Rick is just, he's a son of a bitch. So, of course, he would lie to Nathan Fillion about Shoney's. Yup. Which, I have to keep reminding people, is a real restaurant chain. I'm still not convinced of that. Do we have to drive to a Shoney's? We will take three days and drive to a Shoney's. Okay, I'm alright with this. We will get some sort of milkshake and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, hell, Morty sums it up nicely. Like, when Summer is standing there going, no, you know, Rick is my grandpa and he's my hero. And Morty goes... He shouldn't be your hero, Summer. Like, he's, you know, he's not evil, but he's like some fucked up god. Yeah. Or a demon. And it's, Rick is a trickster god. Rick is a trickster god in the classic sense. He's self-destructive, has his own weird code, and really doesn't care what gets in his way if it means spiting the other guy. Yeah. Which in this case is the Federation and the Council of Ricks. For that episode. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard, you you can respect Rick. Yeah. Like, his his motives are fairly honest. He's He'll lie to you. But so long as you remember that Rick is out for Rick. Like, Rick is the top of Rick's list. Yeah. Rick is never going to put his life on the line for you outside of very, well, there very was, rare circumstances. There was, the, there was the Quantum Split episode. Yep. But and- that drives home one of the things Rick isn't willing to admit about himself, which is he does care about his grandkids. Yeah. And also, that Quantum episode was great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Here is Rick Sanchez presented with the possibility of losing Morty or losing himself. And again, we eventually find out, you know, here's your ticket for a free Morty. Morty. Mortys are seemingly disposable to Rick. Well, there's a whole school that takes that rehabilitates Morty into being better adventuring companions. Yeah. Even like, left-handed Morty. Like, Mortys... Mortys are... They're almost currency. But our Rick is presented with losing his Morty. And what does he do? He slaps that thing on him so that Morty stabilizes. And he even almost accepts his own death. Yep. Until he starts muttering prayers like everybody does in a panic scenario and fixes the fucking thing, restabilizes and goes, Fuck you, God, I got another one. Because <laughs> that's Rick. That's our Rick. He's a hateful prick. Uh, well, and again, just the idea that, no, no, I'm going to make this post-apocalyptic raider society boring. Yeah. Just to prove a point to Summer, that domesticity is the end of us all. Yeah. Well, oh, the giant arm. And Morty just lets out some rage. Yeah. Just just pushes some rage out there. Well. And Jerry's unemployment check is eaten by wolves. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Even wolves know Jerry's worthless. Do you feed on my suffering? But I like that because even there, we get to see Summer and Morty trying to deal with this stress. And I got to watch an interview with Harmon after this episode went live. And like I only watched part of it because it was late and I had to work, so I couldn't be up that late. But he was talking. He's like, one of the things that motivated me on this was addressing how divorce affects people, how it changes them. I, he's talking about how Jerry is dressed in the windbreaker and, like, the postman's hat. Yeah. And he's like, I found out that my dad has a collection of spoons. I didn't know that. Why would I ever know that? 
Who would do that? Yeah. But this is it. Like, this is, these are the things the characters are suddenly having to collide with is who are you outside of these relationships? And like, Summer and Morty are trying to redefine themselves in that regard. And that leads nicely into Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick! Pickle Rick! And first up, loved watching the, like, the line diagrams for this. Yeah. Prior to this episode going live, they did a bunch of, like, just black and white sketch work that went up. And just to watch the way they mapped out those fight scenes and how fucking deranged that shit was. But you go, you watch that episode. And it is just, like, 15 minutes of action porn. Yeah. But with a pickle. It's... It's totally unnecessary violence. Just absolutely mindless. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to hit you with the entire thesis of this show hard. Yeah. And, and oh, Beth, and as they leave, Rick and Beth brush it off, do something self-destructive, and Morty and Summer want to go back. Yeah. So, so are we going back next week? No. And it's like, for fuck's sakes. Like, your kids are actually the healthiest people here no, Pickle Rick was just a fantastic episode. It was all of the absurdity you you have come to expect of the show by this point into just, no, by the way, you know, Rick, did you turn yourself into a pickle just so you would avoid this? No, I wouldn't do that. Just wanted to be a pickle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> also, I want to know more about Concerto. Well, I'm okay with him being dead. Well, yeah. Well, again, more Jaguar. Yeah. Kind of want an action figure of Jaguar. <laughs> Just Jaguar. Yeah. I also like the idea of, like, to repair a pickle that's been wounded in the side is to take a pickle piece off of a burger and use a staple? Well, mustard and staples. Yeah. Like, why mustard? Well, because it's vinegar and salt? Maybe? There's not a lot that makes sense about yeah. this. So... Then from there, we get the not-Avengers, right? Yeah. Which, again, is just Rick fucking with people. Yeah. Also, I really want... Okay, I would actually read a comic book about a guy who summons ghost trains and is married to a singularity. Well, okay. So Alan Rails, beyond the fact that he is very blatantly supposed to be some sort of Green Lantern knockoff, that is just a cool power. Yeah. (laughs) I summon ghost trains that just fucking delete shit. Yeah. I summon ghost trains. But, like, if they were just ghost trains, that would be enough. Yeah. Like, if you just summoned ghost trains, it that's pretty cool. That's that's a nice fear effect. But the fact that any matter they hit just no longer exists. Like, because he uses that to just bore through a mountain. It's like, so so why is Rick there? Why didn't you just summon your ghost trains to get rid of everything that was in... Why haven't you hit World Ender with one of your ghost trains? You clearly don't want Rick here... Because he's a crazy old asshole who took the time to kill all of World Ender's sidekicks, and, well, his cronies, and then reposition them in sexual positions, <laughs> and then set up saw-like shitty traps that drive home that none of you matter, and all while drunk, and apparently just keeps making neutrino bombs while drunk. <laughs> yeah. Kind of eyeballed the math on this. Yeah. It might destroy the universe. Not going to lie. It's like, fuck's sakes. Too many times, Rick. Too many times. Then we get the episode where Jerry almost does something. Almost. Like a genuine, safe Jerry adventure. That results in a child being killed. Yeah. <laughs> Dead children, man. Yeah. And also Summer gets turned giant, so we get a we get an Attack on Titan reference. Out of nowhere. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. I don't know. Well, I, I think the best Attack on Titan references are out of nowhere. If you if you spend a long time building up to it, I'm just going to catch it and be sad. Yeah. This also gives us more Morty development. Mm-hmm. Like, in just little bits and pieces, but it's... Well, it's know, also... Oh, Morty is also unreasonably possessive of his family. And yeah. And do amoral things about that. You'd, you'd almost think he's spending too much time around his grandfather. Yeah. You know, you made my sister cry, Ethan. <laughs> Then you see him at the end looking like the fucking elephant man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So we get the their attempts at a spa day, which I like the idea that it rem- the, that the detox removes what you think is toxic about yourself. So Rick is freed from his irrational attachment to his family. Yeah. And Morty is 
uber confident and turns into a monster? Well, Morty turns into every 80s hero slash villain from, you know, when stock movies were a thing. Yeah. And Rick is almost empty. Yeah. Like he, he has no drive anymore. Yeah. And you see that go down. Like, initially, when it first comes out, like, when they first get out of there, as Morty's is ramping up, Rick comes across as, oh, you know, things are, things are all right. I'm calm now. I'm collected. And just as the episode rolls on, you can almost see him kind of folding in on himself. Again, not negatively, but it's like there is so little of Rick that Rick doesn't think is toxic. Yeah. So then there's a whole episode on the Citadel where we get all kinds of both references and horrible things. Well, again, just 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 training day Morty, right? Yeah. What what ha- what went down here? Same thing always happens. Morty's, Morty's killing Mortys. And you know, the return of evil Morty as, which as president of the Council of Ricks. Well, you pretty much pegged it, right? Yeah. Like, you were waiting. The moment you found out that it was Morty's versus Rick's, it's like Evil Morty's probably going to show up somewhere in here. And then it's, no, you know what? I'm going to stand up for, you know, the Mortys and the Rick's. And it's like, fuck, there he is. Yeah. Because one of the things that was established about Evil Morty is Evil Morty is not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And selling yourself like that, that's just telling people what they want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of wish we could have seen what happened on their Atlantis adventure. Yeah, I, I feel like they got drunk and probably made out with fish people. Well, they do say, you know, mermaid puss quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, they did. So it's like, wait, so does that definitively mean Morty's not a virgin now? Ignoring when he fucked Gwendolyn? I don't know. Because I am still going to argue that fucking a sex bot, you, you didn't lose your virginity there. You just fucked a sex bot, even if it did create a child. Well, it didn't, but it did. Well, it sort of did, because that's how those work. Yes. Fucking Gazorpazorps. Gazorpazorp. I'm here if you need me. God damn it! (laughs) I couldn't exist in that society! (laughs) Ignoring the fact that it's all women and therefore I wouldn't be allowed to. I would be furious the first time I encounter a person and they say that to me. Because it's it's an irrational response. That's not useful. That doesn't mean anything. Because you don't, clearly, if that's your greeting, you don't mean it. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing all right. See? Meaningless. Exactly. Wait, the Corythos of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Meaninglessness. Uh, God damn it. And yet you still have to edit your memories to say sane. Yeah. Or just look good. Well, you know. Wait, how do I remember the parts I wasn't there for? I had to do some narrative editing. I mean, just for context, really. I mean, it's, it, it, it has to blow your mind. Yeah. I Perfect level. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I, Morty's Mind Blowers, I didn't enjoy it as much as some intergalactic cable. I, fake Doors! Yeah, no. Fake Doors was great. Because you don't know when that ends. <laughs> it It's still going, Jim. Oh, probably. <laughs> that that probably. actor is still in the booth going, hey, Fake Doors! <laughs> Guys, can I leave yet? No, no. This <laughs> Not is great. you find a real door. <laughs> oh, but all the doors are fake, aren't they? That's yep. how that works. That's how the bit works. But one thing I will give Morty's Mind Blowers is, again, it allowed for more character growth. Like, we see these bits that we never got to see with the characters, and Summer is just so nonplussed about the entire thing. Well, the fact that it's like, ooh, scenario four. Wow. And then you're just a, how often does this happen? Yeah, like, you're impressed by scenario four, which means it's infrequent. Yeah. But it's just infrequent. (laughs) Like... If there is a scenario five, or God forbid, a six, you've you've probably bumped into them once in a blue moon. But this this is enough that you're like, no, nah, I know how to handle this. I got yeah. this. So then we get some back, some Beth, and some Jerry. Fucking Jerry. Oh my God! You you worthless person. You okay? Can we go into how fucking creepy it is to be talking about your sex life to your kids? And not even in a healthy way. Like, it's like, look at this chick I'm banging. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is how he, this is all he knows how to impress people. Like, he's reverted back to being 17. And it's like, I begged, I banged Beth Sanchez. And it's like, that's fantastic. Good for you. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? These are your kids. He doesn't have anyone to brag to anymore. The wolf that eats his unemployment checks doesn't care. Yeah, probably. 
It, well, it still feeds on his suffering, right? Yeah. Oh, God, not the bubble gum. There's no air in there. I love that. It's a little bit, but it's a good bit. But, <laughs> it's just the idea that this happens a little too often. Yeah. And Rick clearly doesn't care. Yeah, like, no. clearly there is enough air in there to get them to Jerry's. Uh. Okay, and so how in the fuck? It's, I'm, I'm going to pitch this out as a general to the audience. Let's assume you were trapped in a fantasy world with nothing to eat. What thought processes would you have to go through to get to the point where you're like, I will fuck that thing so it gives birth to something so I can eat that? Yeah. Because I've never seen that line. Yeah. I also, don't... it's just so... I appreciate that they immediately apprehend how weird it is and it's just like... Yeah, no, we don't want to dwell on this. Can you please shut up? Yeah. Please shut up. But I'm going to show you it in this eerily childlike play. Yeah. Where all of his creature feature reject mm -hmm. children are okay with this because they have to be because they're pretty much programmed that way by Rick. Yeah. Man. I... And then I was so sure Beth took the offer. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, the end of the episode, you know, I love you. I love you too, Dad. Yeah. Like, that feels like a clone to me. Yeah. Because, like, in that regard, it does mean that they managed to finally hit a balance where Rick can care. Yeah. And be open about it. But, yeah, you're certain that's a clone. And then, because, yeah, I'm kind of mad at Beth for not going that route. Then we get the last episode of the season. Which, a fight with the president. Well... I enjoyed it. It's drawn out. It's hammy. There's full of little references well, in the just, background. Ju just that they blow up the set where they faked the moon landing. Yep. And why is all of this under the White House? Eh, where else would you put it, right? I don't know. Idaho? Uh -huh. The Invisitroopers? You know, I could see those, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sanchezium. Uh, we can get rid of the pirates. No, that was real. Run, Bonnie! <laughs> I'm very much afraid of pirates. But it's like, cause now we know that's going to come back. Oh, that that can't you can't leave that alone. But Beth is presented with this option. I the way I've been referring to it is basically presented with the keys to the kingdom. She can go anywhere. She can do anything. Rick's going to give her functionally her own portal gun. Yeah, and just go, do it. Full, open, undisciplined possibility. The and, well, here's the thing. When confronted with Infinity, she chooses Jerry, the family pet. Yeah. He's so simple, it's reassuring. And that's, that bugged me. That bugs me. Like that, I, I'm not going to say I hate Beth by any stretch yeah. of the imagination, but I lost respect for Beth. Because it's, you are presented with Infinity, and you recoil. Yeah. It's like, Why? Why? You can do anything, be anything, and instead you're just going to shack up with a guy who, in the very same scenario that you are remembering, he remembers it completely differently. I don't get it. And I don't think Rick gets it either. Yeah. Rick accepts it. Because, again, Rick is not willing to leave this version of his family, despite it all. But I don't think Rick gets it either. Morty doesn't seem to be dwelling on it neither yeah. does summer yeah well again this feels like them getting what they wanted and i'm sure that's going to get torn apart in season two possibly by phoenix person yeah who knows well that's because that's it like season four is going to be like season three was supposed to be the darkest part of their adventures and it's like no season three was just a really consistent tone yeah it, it's it's just staring nihilism in the face a lot yeah but not turning into an idiot for it yeah like again it is a simple truth. Nothing you do has meaning. Yeah. We ascribe meaning. That's what we do as conscious beings. We are creatures of habit. Like, I made the remark before that free will is the type of thing that only comes up as a response to trauma, and otherwise we just do what we do because that's always what we do. And that's that's fine. But our actions are devoid of meaning until we ascribe it to them, and then the meaning is just whatever we ascribe it to. And sometimes you get Szechuan sauce. For a day. That's so weird. When I work. I don't even think it's going to make it to Canada. I kind of hope it is. You know what? It's a Saturday. Yeah. So maybe I'll have time to hit the McDicks before I go to work. Yeah. If it's available. So we'll have to So you're just going to walk in and be like, Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Like every other deranged under 30 white kid. Hey, hey, I'm over 30. So they're going to be like, what the hell's your problem? And you're like, I, I, I kind of want Szechuan sauce. I, I just, 
I heard it was back. It sounds pretty good. I'd like to try it. It's, if you're not willing to serve it to me, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Bye. <laughs> Wait, apparently you can get Rick and Morty as announcers for Dota 2? It's still not going to make me play Dota. Oh, no. What? I would not play Dota, but I'm like, can they do this for something else? Oh, God, could they do this for like a TomTom? That would be wonderful. Do 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 they still sell voice packs for Tom Toms? Do do people still use? I know people use GPSs, but it's always people over sixty. Yeah, it's these are the same people that have home phones rather than cell phones. Yeah. So, hmm. Huh. Could that be a thing? I would like that to be a thing. I'd be okay with it with them being announcers in Starcraft. <laughs> Minecraft. Does Minecraft have announcers? No. Minecraft could have announcers. You. It has an extensive mod scene. I'm sure. So at this point, you know, it's been, yeah, well, it's been almost two days. So clearly someone's got those audio clips that just loop periodically yeah, it's while already you're done. playing Minecraft. Yeah, no, it's, it's been done. It's, yeah. it's there. No. So Rick and Morty, best thing on television right now? Weirdly? Yeah. Well, it's, it kind of doesn't need to be, and it doesn't really have the right to be, and yet it it is yeah i almost seemingly because it's willing to keep just its core principles intact and still build its characters cuz you grow to care about these people like as much as i rip on jerry yeah. and i i can't not cuz i don't like jerry i don't actually wish ill upon jerry i just he, he just needs to be in a quiet corner with some juice yeah. and some human music, and he'll be fine. Exactly. And all, by the way, all the animation for this is done in Canada. Hey! <laughs> Yay, Canada! Woo! We're we're a pretty good country. Vancouver is the South Korea of Flash animation. <laughs> we made a jet that was faster than the Americans, and we recently dredged it up. Yay! Yay! Peach baskets. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, uh, you care about these characters. You want to watch them develop. That's part of the reason that Best Choice bugs me. Because it's walking away from that. Like It's it's choosing not to grow. And I feel like that's going to come up in four. Yeah. But that people do that. People do do that. I'm not, like, I'm not sitting here saying, no, I've never done that. Of course I've done that. We've all done that. Where you're presented with the option of being better, but it might be harder. And it's uncertain, so you shirk away. And it's tragic when it happens. Yeah. Like it's, it's a shame to see it. So you don't want it because, again, you've grown invested in these characters. You want to see them grow. You want to see them improve. That's why I've been loving this season. Because I'm getting to see them improve and grow. Yeah. Because even Rick, for all of his self-destructive and violent tendencies, has actually gotten better. A little, little better. Not, not big, nowhere near the steps that Summer and Morty have taken. Yeah. But the ending bit with... Jerry's creepy fucking girlfriend. Yeah. Like, he saves Jerry's life. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at everybody. his girlfriend. Yeah. Because, I mean... Well, it's still Rick. It's still Rick. And it's like... Well, that again, that's like, well, okay, he's alive because my grandkids seem to need him around. But I'm going to humiliate him. Yeah, but you feel like even just sticking it in Kiara was not out of a desire to rip on Jerry. It was Opportunity Presents, right? Also, Jerry has a... Jerry has a fucking tape-based answering machine. Yeah, who still has that? Well, there's there's a reason why the antique phone place let him keep it. Yep. See, the fact that they made that joke to hang a lampshade on it is weird because I would just have assumed that Rick is that uh, Jerry's pathetic enough to have kept a cassette tape-based answering machine. Yeah, like just just he has one because he's Jerry and everything he has is kind of pathetic. Well, you feel like that's how it kind of went down in the writer's room initially was just, well, you know, we have the messages play. And it's like, who the hell has a message? Like, who has an answering machine like that anymore? Well, Jerry would. Okay, no, we got to pay attention to that. Now we got to now we got to say something. Yeah, like we've got to actually run a joke over the top of that. And I would love, love to see the notes from the writer's room for the things that just get cut. Because in that interview that I mentioned, they had been trying to run some sort of like, just, I keep calling it bibliophilia in my head. Like, this whole, like, book-fucking joke yeah. had been present in the writer's room, and they were trying to figure out a way to make that episode happen and got the Mad Max episode instead. <laughs> like, and it's how many good ideas that they couldn't flesh out get thrown by the wayside over the course of a development of Rick and Morty. 
Well, we saw some of them in Mind Blowers, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were, well, compared to, you know, Intergalactic Cable, which is always just clearly improv, improv as proven by that, you know, two brothers bit that just never <laughs> fucking ended. The Morty's Mind Blowers were definitely just scraps of ideas. Yeah. Like, here's neat ideas that we can't figure out a way to build an episode around. So, fuck it. We're just going to throw those out there instead because we've built up enough over, by that point, two and a half seasons. No. Now, this... this uh, It is going to be so long before we get more. Oh, yeah. Well, it was two years? Basically. Between two and three, and I feel like we're it's going to be longer. Because I also feel like Harmon and Roiland have more than enough control over this that they're not going to lowball this. They're not going to be like, no, fuck it, let's get another one out for next year quick. It's going to be, what do we want to say in the next season? Yeah. What are the beats we want to hit? What are the jokes we want to tell? Can we get Keith David back? I feel like the answer is yes. Like I feel like Keith David will do damn near anything because seemingly Keith David is just one of the nicest men in Hollywood. All right, so that's the episode. Always a pleasure, folks. If... For some reason, you're watching this and you haven't watched all of season three. You should try to fix that. Oh, shit. I meant to mention this at the start. Mm. Uh, Extra Life is coming up. It is a thing Sam and I do where we play video games for 24 hours in a row to support uh, the Toronto Hospital for Sick Children through the Children's Miracle Network. It's great. Uh, Link in the show notes. Donate or join the team or just get the word around. See see what you can do to help out because... Help Again, kids. it's it's uh, Children's Miracle Network is just a great charity. So uh, catch you next time. Have a good night, folks. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Thank you for listening. I thought they smelled bad on the outside is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative works, share-alike license, version 3.0 international. Visit spopodcast.com for past episodes and links to subscribe.